Genre. Welcome back to the Cornetto Minute, the daily podcast where we review and reanimate the Zomrom-Com Shaun of the Dead, one minute at a time. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Nick Jimenez. And joining us again, Jenny Law and Liam Grove. Welcome. Hello. Hi. Uh, Today we are taking a bite out of Minute 78, which begins with Ed telling Di to take over. Uh, and ends with Di and Liz proclaiming their disgust with David's priorities. <laughs> Anything where David has to assume control is uh, really hilarious. Yeah, you know, you could argue that, you know, Diane giving David the, the Winchester rifle so errantly is, you know, I mean, like, not, not to give her too hard of a time, but it might be her biggest mistake in the yeah. whole movie. It's what leads to everything falling apart. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't think about that, but yeah, and, you're right. Yeah, it's oh, yeah. so it's so cool the way the camera just lingers on David as he's holding the rifle. The audience can just like feel. It. <laughs> well, because he just <laughs> so, something yeah, bad going very wrong. When if David has the gun, he's already screamed out, "I'm a pacifist!" Right. So you you know I think they they do a good job of of in that moment. It you know when maybe when you first see it, if I think back, I can think, oh, you know, he just doesn't know what to do with it. Right, but if, he really is like that look that uh, that Nick gives the gun in the last minute, where he's like salivating, like I've got the gun now. If there was the complete opposite of that, that's what David would be doing. <laughs> it's just the the horror that he might have to be in charge for a second. Well, but no, no, see, I, 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 yeah, no, I think the opposite. I think. I think he's a little scared by the gun, but once he's holding it, he's like, I like this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, it's like we said, David is toxic masculinity sort of given <laughs> right. form. And, you know, when a lot of emasculated dudes are holding a gun in their hands, they suddenly think they're, you know, name someone cool. Yeah, uh, right, 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 right. Bruce Willis. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but but, yeah, but in actuality, but in actuality, most of them are David are holding a gun. <laughs> um, yeah, David holding a gun. Just like he would hold his sad. penis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and doesn't know what to do with it. Oh. <laughs> uh, well. Uh, well. And then. And more then, confused. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, then, and then, you know, just earlier, he, he basically just tried to take over the leadership role from Sean. After Sean did the bravest thing he's ever done in his life, which is attract the attention of the zombies and run like hell and get them to chase him, uh, you know, David immediately was like, well, he's dead, so I'm in charge now, and uh, here's what we're <laughs> going to do. We're going to do this, this, and this, and then Sean comes back, and everyone's like, oh, our leader's back, and you just get the sense that David is like, you know, give piece of shit. I almost won Liz again, and 
by default. And yeah, I don't, like, well, I don't the, care if I win by default as long as I win. Like Liz uh, would ever, ever. Yeah, I know. You know? Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Ugh. Right. Um, so the thing about him that – that it, that really caught my attention the time I was when I was watching it through this time. Um, the thing about him when Sean disappears and is you know drawing attention away from them, the thing that sticks out to me about David in that instance is that he doesn't just take charge or decide like okay someone's got to decide what to do. He starts just disparaging Sean. Yeah, like it's not. There's nothing about like well we need to survive. I'll step up. It's more like Sean's a shithead. And now I'm in charge, but yeah. he doesn't really give a plan or anything. He just wants to declare that he's in charge and better than Sean. Right. And, and so now I guess he has the gun. So he has like a, fi- like the firepower behind that kind of, you know, s- um, s- sentiment. Right. So. And you, and you, you meet people like that, like at your job where they're just like, oh, I'd be such a better manager than they are, blah, blah, blah. And you're just like, <laughs> you don't do anything managerial. <laughs> like all you do is bitch about the current manager. I don't know if you would be better than them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and that's sort of what's, what, what's happening with David. He's so focused on the fact that he's better than Sean that he's not trying to show that he's better than Sean. Mm-hmm. Right. It, he, it, I mean, it's, it's privilege yeah. in a way. Yeah. It's like, well, no, I'm, I'm better. We, <laughs> you know, like I'm a higher class. I'm more educated. I'm more well-read. Yeah. You know, I'm better it, than this guy. Why is this guy now being treated? It's with sort respect? of, you know, what's funny is, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to pull out my, my nerd card as if, as if, uh, as if doing this podcast isn't enough. Uh, but like, you know, it, it's, it's actually like David and, and Sean, it's a very similar mentality to like Lex Luthor and Superman of just like, no, I'm the yeah. best person in the world. Why are you all talking about this asshole, this meathead oh, who yeah. who's doesn't like even doesn't even it. shouldn't even be on this planet? You all should be <laughs> you should be, you know, making t-shirts with my face on it, not this asshole. Um and that's sort of what Luther. Right. Luther. Yeah. <laughs> And then and the, moment they're, the moment they're given an ounce of power, the first thing they do is turn the gun on their friends. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. They, mm-hmm. they, they show everyone who they really are. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that there, there's something to that idea of someone who just wants to grouse. Right. Mm-hmm. And they just want to grouse. And yeah. that's what they're into, even though they're couching it as, you know, constructive criticism or like mm-hmm. saying that things are, I'm just, being, yeah, I'm just honest. being honest. It's like, if you don't have a solution that's actually helpful, then you're just complaining and being even a bigger asshole. So anyway, for some reason, every time I watch this movie, I forget Barbara's final line being as heartbreaking as it is. Yeah. Uh, and oh, then yeah. it's, for whatever reason, the, it, it, it's so surprising because you you have such a good time watching this movie that this really heartbreaking thing comes in. It reminds me of, um, you know, sort of a, a Joss Whedon style, uh, you know, moment of just like, oh, this sure. person's going to die. Heart- Let's give them like a like a like a, you know, really just the what's the most heartbreaking thing they could say right now? Oh, 
uh, don't worry, mm-hmm. Captain Hammer will save us. Um, you know? You've got that on your shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right. Exactly. That's what this is. It's just like, oh, it's it's been a funny sort of day, hasn't it? And uh, it's iconic. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's so Barbara. It's so Barbara. Just the most Barbara thing she could possibly say. <laughs> it's, it's like after, you know, she's she goes prone and then she pulls out and thanks him for the flowers. That's the first arrow to the heart, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then she, you know, her closing line, her closing remarks. Right. Yeah. It's I mean, it's it's yeah, it's gut wrenching. Yeah. Yeah. And that flower thing is doubly bittersweet because he wouldn't have gotten those flowers for her had Philip not told him to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's just yet another reminder of what Philip brought to his life. He's now seeing, Oh, I made my mother really happy just before she died because of Philip, because of something Philip told me to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That guy um, that I the hated. value, the value. And if you yeah. look at this movie as like a, I don't know if allegory is the right word, but, you know, it's definitely a, a kind of coming of age mm-hmm. tale, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah. you, when you look at it that way, you know, these beats make a lot of sense. And because Sean is a character that's responsive and not emotionally stunted, even though he's kind of got, he's in arrested development, you know, sure. all that stuff, you know, that if he makes it, makes it out of this, okay, it will make a difference and he'll think about those things and he'll change his life accordingly. And I think that's really interesting. Yeah. I think that's really interesting to think of it that way. Mm -hmm. Is there anything to be said that both of his parental figures uh, die, but they don't, um, they're not eaten by zombies. They become zombies. So both of them get bitten and then turn. Um, I don't know. I just think that's interesting that the, this is the only two people in the movie, right? That we that we follow through that journey. Well, uh, well, well we see Ed. pre, <laughs> Ed, yeah, yeah, we see pre bitten, and then we see them rise. Yeah, because I can't not remember the character name for Peter Serafinowicz, but Pete. Oh, that's true. Yeah, he gets it. Is, is he Pete. just Pete? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's Pete. Pete. So, Pete. but we don't see him with the bite and then transforming. We just see him before. Sometime, sometime in there, the bite happens, right. and then we see him nude in the shower. No, we do see him post bite because when he's yelling at them right. for playing he's got the music. On his oh, yeah. 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 Oh, goodness gracious! Who bit you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Barbara's death rattle. So this is really heartbreaking. But watching this a minute of the time at a time, stripped of context, her death rattle is maybe a little much. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it's a little... It's a little earthquakey. <laughs> yeah. They want to make little... sure we know she's good and dead. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, it's a, it's, it's, it's a little much. Thankfully, you know, Simon Pegg is selling it. And so when you're watching in the context of the whole movie, it, it you know, it works great. But yeah. <laughs> stripped of the context, that death rattle is like, <laughs> that's, uh, that's certainly a choice, Penelope Wilton. <laughs> certainly a choice. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I think that I think that really is in line with Barbara, right? So she doesn't want to make a fuss, but she goes out with a bang because ultimately she does want people to make a fuss. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like she really secretly wants people to notice 
without yeah. her saying anything, kind of. I, yeah. This is what I get sure. from her. So her rattling repeatedly, you know, she's she's having her moment. She's having her, sure. her time in the spotlight. Her, her, right. her last one. It's pretty sad. But, <laughs> yeah. Although great- I do, conspiracy, conspiracy theory time, I do like the idea that she's faking her death so that she can just have some time alone. <laughs> time by herself. Is that an actual theory that's out there? <laughs> no, no, no. That's, that's something I just decided. Uh, oh, that- well, I think that's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a great piece of uh, uh of direction that happens uh right after she dies that the um the camera just does a slow little backup um as if like we're gonna leave that scene you know we're gonna give it its poignance and then the gun comes into frame um i i really enjoy that um it keeps edgar keeps the uh the pace of this movie uh at, at a really tight clip um, but he, he kind of acts like we're going to give that scene like a long pull out. Um, but then next action beat comes right in. And, you know, yeah. the solemnity well, of yeah. the moment, right? We're going to have a moment to mourn, mourn Barb, but nope. Yeah, it's like yeah. he, it's he gives you yeah. the hint of a half a moment and then nope, we got we got other things to do. Mm-hmm. And then and then on top of that, it's also uh, there's a nice transition in there because you hear the gun before you see it. Oh. Just before you hear the cocking, yeah, you, you hear the, the cocking of it. Just be- so it's like, so someone cocked a gun. Oh, they're standing right there. Oh, it's David. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it's David, David, and it's pointed at Barbara. And David looks right. crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. Um, one thing I thought of because you know we watched this minute several times. Um, I just thought about how many times um, Liz and Ed. Like they had to stand, they had to like stand or sit with their back, like how long they had to do that and how many takes. I just kind of wonder about that. Like, mm. cause you know, um, Ed's hand is resting on Liz's shoulder, you know, <laughs> and like, Ed, Ed, there's just something to that. Sometimes I pull, pull away from movies and think about the actuality of making it. Like how oh, yeah. long did he have to stand there and like pretend like he's not kind of leaning on her, but you know, at some point maybe he gets tired from standing and Yeah. Do you guys know anything about the shooting schedule? Like, do you know how long the, this whole last third in the Winchester took? Uh, I I don't know about that specifically. the The main thing that I know is that they shot all the exteriors and then all the interiors. Yeah. Um. I I know that that's how the structure the the the, the uh, production schedule was uh, structured. Um. And and I I assume it was because they wanted to. Uh, you know, they didn't want to pre-build the sets. They wanted to just hire people during the production period because mm-hmm. it's cheaper mm-hmm. that way. Um, just like all that overlap. So I assume they shot all the exteriors while the sets were being built, mm-hmm. uh, and then and then started shooting interiors just as the sets were finished. That's so. smart. Yeah. And then uh and and you know and then like the whole Winchester is uh designed in a in 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 a way to be lit once uh so that they can have as many setups as they want in a day. Mm-hmm. Right. Um which is the only way to shoot interiors on an Edgar Wright movie. Uh, <laughs> or mm. or you know you'll you'll never you'll never leave. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's what that was something interesting that um, in Baby Driver, I felt like he changed that up a little bit. I may be wrong, but just um, 
it felt like there were different, I feel like there, there were some different techniques at play in some of the interiors versus. Uh, well, actually no. Cause like in the, um, in the, uh, uh, the commentary, he actually talks about how, uh, they did that same lighting scheme uh, for the interiors because, oh, wow. mm. yeah, because 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 uh, you just can't get that many setups in a day without, um, uh, you know, lighting the whole the whole set and just saying like, okay, that's what it is. We will we will block around the lighting. Right. Um, oh wow. Yeah, and uh, and that's what they that's what they do, and that's how they can get through you know seventy shots in a day. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. is mm-hmm. impossible uh, <laughs> most of the time. Yeah. Well, uh, Romero used to shoot that many, but that's just because he had one spotlight and would just keep throwing it around <laughs> and just shooting whatever happened to be lit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, all right. Well, do we have anything else for this minute? Um, I don't think so. All right. But anything on Shaun of the Dead in particular? Um, just that we have uh, a lot of personal connections to this movie, but um, one of our favorites is that uh, the first dance at our wedding was uh, You're My Best Friend by Queen because of mm-hmm. this movie. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. So, yeah, that's um, that's our song, I guess. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's about as sappy as we get. Yep. So, <laughs> um, but I think for me, it. I know that it, you know, obviously is billed as being a romantic comedy and being a zombie movie. I just remember seeing it in the theater for the first time and feeling almost like part of, like a new part of the world had opened up. <laughs> like I yeah. felt like, because yeah. I feel like there have been a lot of attempts at crossing genres before and not super successfully mm-hmm. or not entirely successful. And this was just a really great, great movie and it was so well done and i felt like the more momentum it got i just got more and more excited and i'm still excited that so many people love it and it's mentioned so much and i just you know i can't help but at least in my personal film viewing it definitely opened up a new um a new branch for me so have you guys talked about i think the only other one that i could come up with where both halves work as well as ghostbusters right where all of the all of the horror works and all the comedy works, and they're completely right. mm. the first one. Yeah, you know, yes, the first one. <laughs> God <laughs> sakes! Sorry, the second one is oh god, the second one is horrifying. Like it's just uh, oh, it's just uneven and almost maniacal. <laughs> um, yeah, I I can't really say anything else. I could just keep saying how much I love it, sure. but that's probably inappropriate. It, it, it still floors me. I mean, as many times as I've seen it, whenever it's playing in the theater and we go and see it, I, I think I'm going to be like, you know, tuned in a little bit, but then I'll just know whatever, what's coming. But it's it sucks you in so well. Yeah. Um, it's so rewatchable. It's kind of uh, amazing. Uh, there's very few other movies, especially comedies, that work on, uh, on multiple viewings as well as this one does. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. All right. Well, thanks for, uh, thanks for, for joining us guys. Do you have uh, anything you want to plug or, or anything like that? Okay. So, um, but I am the co-leader of the periodic table parade group for dragon con. So we dress up like the periodic table. We actually dress up like elements. And um, oh. if you're interested in that, just seeing what, 
that might look like because it's (laughs) – or if you're interested in joining, you can uh, find out more information at ParadeOfElements.com. All right. Mm -hmm. There we go. I successfully successfully installed a bunch of child latches on all the silverware drawers in our house, and I would just like to uh, plug that. Well, and I, I'll, I'm going to give you a, a virtual pat on the back. Good awesome. work. <laughs> High five. <laughs> um, all right. Well, thanks so much for joining us, guys. Uh, it's been it's been a blast. And uh, hopefully we can uh, have you guys back on for Hot Fuzz. Oh, that would be amazing. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Because <laughs> I think um, that gets better and better every time I see it. Oh, I mean, yeah. these all do. Oh, yeah. Uh, they, yeah. they all do. Yeah. Um, yeah uh, all right. So, uh, yeah. So, so um, we'll be back uh, tomorrow with a new guest. But, uh, you know, you can check us out on uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. Uh, we're, we're either Cornetto Minute or The Cornetto Minute um, on all of the social media. So go check that out. And uh, we will be back tomorrow. But in the meantime, let's have a nice cold pint and wait for all of this to blow over. Bye-bye. There we go.